I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. All right, gang, welcome. So we're just about to get on with the show, but I wanted to give you a quick heads up and a little offer so that we can kick this off in style. Now, you know that I'm always yapping on about high performance sport, health, life. It's all the same. It's all interconnected. And the truth is that whether you're a world-class athlete, a very busy executive seeking energy for leadership, or just a time-starved parent, your performance in sport and life is always built on a platform of health. And when we work with athletes or those that embrace the athletic mindset, we seek to build an integrated endurance training program that comes combined with strength and conditioning. And then when we integrate it and support it with great habits around nutrition and recovery, including sleep, something always happens. And that's that people thrive, they improve. And that's a good thing. But how do we know this happens? How can we track? How can we make more informed decisions? Or how can we course correct if things start to stray off track? Well, we can measure things. We can understand what's going on inside. Yes, we can. And that's because we've formed a deep partnership with Inside Tracker so that we can become smarter with our strategies around things like eating habits, stress reduction, and even training prescription. And on top of it, we can lay out measurable gains of improvement. What's Inside Tracker? Well, it was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. And using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on. And then they offer some science backed, and that's the key thing always science backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Hmm, a platform of health, your route to performance. So I recommend you get involved. For a limited time, Purple Patch listeners can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. All you need to do is head to insidetracker.com slash purplepatchpodcast and enter the code purplepatchpro25. That's purplepatchpro25. And you can get started. Now, if you're an international listener, reach out to us directly, info at purplepatchfitness.com, and we will make sure that you get the help you need so that you can get tucked in. All right. Now, today, it's a goodie. So let's get on with the show. Here is uh, me with the introduction. I hope you enjoy. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And today, we welcome back my old friend and top shelf nutrition expert, Scott Tyndall. The Quest Case Studies. Yes, this is part two of a special three-part case study series that we are doing around athletes that I coach individually, but whom also work directly with Scott. Now, Scott is with Fuel In. We're going to talk a little bit about Fuel In today. And today, well, we go all old and grumpy on you. Not quite, but we are talking about a little bit of a more mature athlete. But it's one that I've coached for more than a decade. More than a decade. That's a long time to bear up with someone like me. But anyway, his name is Pat Romano. He is the CEO of ChargePoint. 
He's in his mid-50s and he's a very busy family man. And I think that Pat's story is super to share because it's an honest and really compelling journey about athlete evolution. You see, for over 10 years into my coaching relationship, he has consistently excelled, really improved. And he's gained the performance benefits in sport, but also thriving more than ever in both his health and life. And for the last 18 months or so, work has really started to amp up. There's a little bit of intensity going on there. And so Pat's time now, more than ever, I would say, is more time stops, more precious. And so at the start of this year, Pat and I found ourselves with some interesting questions. How could we help him still improve in sports performance as he starts creeping into mid to late 50s? Number two, how could he thrive in energy and health so that we could really equip him to be the best leader and dad, of course, that he can be? And on top of it, we had a deep understanding that success often can breed complacency. It's a performance killer. And we are always committed to evolve. So how could we actually evolve to get these results, get faster and build a better platform of health? And so the first thing was actually to focus on going faster. We decided to scale down to the half iron distance outside of the Ironman distance that he still loves and will go back to. But we thought, let's go on a journey to find more power, more speed. And on top of that, the second commitment was to really anchor in his commitment to strength and conditioning. You've heard me talk about it a lot, and this is really important. And finally, the third, we said, let's dig in. Let's do a project. And let's actually, quote, go after nutrition and fueling. Are there some stones there to unturn that we can maybe find some health and sports performance under the big pillar of nutrition? And for this last one, we decided, you know what, let's throw everything at it. And we decided to engage Scott Tyndall, today's guest, and the fueling program. And the results, they have been startling, compelling, dramatic. So much so that I said to Scott, we've got to explore what you did. We've got to dig in. So I invited him onto the show. Now, this episode leads on after the last episode of Nutrition Case Study, which was Anne Neer, as she chased her performance journey while navigating perimenopause. Today, we're going in with the executive athlete. And it's fun, interesting, but most importantly, educational. And I think you're going to enjoy it. And by way of a teaser, the third case study that we're going to release in a couple of weeks is going to be all about a high-end age group athlete. Yes, it's about an athlete of mine, Andy, who has evolved from being middle of the pack to now a world championship qualifier in both Ironman and half Ironman distance. He even did very well at the last 70.3 world championships, getting a seventh place overall. And you will be able to learn from his story as well. But today, hey, Let's not take the shine away. Let's let the old man sparkle for once. Pat Romano. Before we do that, I do want to do a little squatty update. And for the squatty update today, last week, if you listened to the show, you heard me talk about strength training. And the good news, I've been a very good boy. I followed through and I have begun my journey for next year's big adventure on the bike that I'm doing with my brothers, the alt route through the Alps. 
and this week signaled the start of my strength training. Well, it seemed that a few Purple Patch athletes heard my musings on this here show, and it struck a chord with them. And it just shows you how quickly things can start to take root. Because this week it began, and already we have a tribe of athletes who are holding each other to account and sharing the journey of strength as a part of their broader performance journey. Now, the strength and conditioning program that I am following, and I'm just going to go straight through following Coach Michael Zinski's lead, I'm going to go through, is exactly the same program that is integrated video-based in our squad program, as well as the vast majority of our one-to-one coached athletes. And so you have the opportunity to join in too. If you would like to join me for a platform of strength all the way through 2022, it starts now as a part of our programming. So if you're interested, I'd love you to join me. Get on the commitment. If it's something that you've always thought I had a hard time sticking to, now's the time. I've managed to get going and I'm going to stick with it. All you need to do, head to purplepatchfitness.com and you can check out the programming. Or why don't you have a chat with us? Info at purplepatchfitness.com. Simple email address and we will be happy to connect and help you out. And then you and me And of course, the Purple Patch athletes can all commit to this very important pillar together while we're nailing our off-season goals and the mission of preparation for 2022. It is the perfect time, so let's do it. Second thing I want to let you know very briefly, Inside Tracker. Yes, it is the partner for our show, but it is also the partner of Ongoing Education. And when I introduced Inside Tracker, I mentioned that we've partnered around the opportunity to put the Inside Tracker experts in front of you, the listeners, and of course, the Purple Patch athletes. We are deeply entrenched as a partnership, and we are on a collective quest to help folks appreciate the link between sporting journeys and their health and life performance. And this all kicks off with a free webinar. Yes, we are hosting a free webinar in October. All you have to do is head to the event section on the website, purplepatchfitness.com. Head to the event section. Details are in the show notes. It's going to be myself, members of the Inside Tracker team, including their lead nutritionist, Stevie Lynn Smith. And it's all anchored around, guess what? Building your platform of health. Highly engaging roundtables so that they can we can help you. All you have to do is register and you can attend live to ask your own questions or, of course, we'll send you the recording if you're unable to hit the live session at the event itself. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Barry, a little dose of inspiration, please. You have two options, my friend. You can take your shirt off or you can play the ukulele. Actually, I'll take that back. Let's stick with the ukulele. I don't think any of the listeners want to see that dense forest that is your tummy hair. And so play loud, play strong, sing proud. It is the word of the week. We like the way he thinks, serious with the way. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the dictionary word of the week. Yes, the word of the week is remarkable. What a nice word. But it's also important. And I want you to realize this. You can do remarkable things. If you stay humble, retain a healthy dose of pragmatism, 
dive two feet into a long-term commitment and surround yourself with a great dose of accountability, support, and coaching, while, of course, falling in love with the journey itself instead of trying to fall in love with the idea of what any result or outcome will be. And then from that, that recipe, remarkable, can flow. And as we begin to edge towards the end of the year, and you start to think about what you want to accomplish next year, 2022, right now it's time to start to get inspired, to plot, to commit. And I really encourage you that you should take the long-term lens and start to build the groundwork of performance right now. And do this. If you want to do something remarkable, realize that you don't need to be remarkable right now. Let me repeat that. If you want to do something remarkable, you don't need to be remarkable right now. Instead, meet yourself where you're currently at. And from that point, start. Take the first step, the first action. Start. Get going. But do so patiently. Meet yourself where you're at now where you're honestly at, and begin. Just begin. And build small victories, tiny little platforms that you can then build to other tiny platforms, to smaller platforms, to slightly larger platforms, and on. And up and up you go. But give yourself space, time, and build. And when you have that humility, and that follow-through, and that commitment, and that passion, and most importantly, perhaps the guidance to help you. And then suddenly, over time, at some time, you realize that you have achieved the remarkable, whatever that is for you. And so as we start to edge towards the end of this year, and you start to think about 2022 being remarkable, oh, how wide of the wheat remarkable, realize that your journey can begin before New Year's resolutions. And that is our word of the week. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, it is time. It is indeed time. Scott Tyndall of Fuelin, world-class nutrition expert, part two of our case study series. It is time for our meat and potatoes. All right, guys, the meat of potatoes, and welcome back. And today, we're very lucky. We get to do the second in our series of our nutrition case studies with fuel in performance expert, Scotty Tindor. Scott, welcome back. G'day, Matty. How are you doing? Good, good. So in our last episode, we talked about Anne, and uh, she was our perimenopausal female athlete. And at the start of the show, I asked you about your new program, Fuel In. And uh, I, I want to just revisit that very quickly because uh, just for the sake of I want to actually talk about a couple of athletes in there if I can uh, that you, you may or may not be prepared to. But why don't you just give us a, a very brief over, overview of what fueling is so that the listeners at home, in case they missed last time, don't appreciate what you've been working on. Yep. Uh, fueling is the program that is now delivered through an app uh, that any athlete purple patch athlete or anyone beyond purple patch can actually download and, and sign up to it's built around 
a dynamic nutrition program that mirrors your the athlete's uh, training plan, whether that's on today's peak or uh, a today's plan or training peaks. It's built around three simple principles, which is simplicity, individualization, and results. Um, we use we periodize carbohydrates. We look at the total macronutrient intake for the individuals. We supply them with a limitless uh, amount of recipes that they can use um, at, to choose how to fuel their meals. It also syncs in with MyFitnessPal uh, so they can uh, log externally if they're into that sort of uh, way of tracking and that will update into the systems and that will uh, keep them on point from a day-to-day, week-to-week and month-to-month uh, standpoint. And it, it's very much training-specific it's very much body size and gender specific and it's very goal specific. And ultimately it leads to great results. Uh, there you go. That's a lovely sweet overview. The reason I wanted to go through that is, um, is that you have different tiers. And one of the tiers that you mentioned last time was autopilot where athletes don't have an individual relationship with you, but are basically utilizing the education, the individualized programming without this, this uh, one-to-one relationship with with you and I'd love to hear you you've had a group of athletes a handful of athletes that have been going through this as a as a beta they would say in America or beta for us commonwealth guys um, but give us a give us an example of one or two athletes that maybe have caught your eye that have been really successful with the utilization of the this sort of autopilot program yeah, I think, I mean, there's, as I said last time, I think there's sort of 70, 80 athletes on that program now who it's always interesting to see their feedback, especially when you don't talk to them and you just realize they're using your program to sort of change their lives. And I can think of Alejandro, I'll probably brutalize his last name, Mekaka. Alejandro, I apologize to you in advance. He's in Mexico. Uh, you know, and he's a great guy. He's on the autopilot plan. And yeah, he, he wrote a really lovely email to us the other day just saying how it's literally changed his life. Like he's gone from being, having no energy day to day to, you know, bouncing through his, his training sessions and his, and his work life. And just his energy levels have just escalated to a point where he didn't think was possible. And yeah, he's a guy on the autopilot plan. It's so cool. He, he just didn't realize he was underfueling. I think, again, like we talked about last time in the last episode with females underfueling, it, 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 men underfuel too. I think there, there's mm-hmm. this obsession with losing weight in the endurance, you know, family. And it, it's not, it's about body composition as much as anything, but also realizing it's not always about just losing weight. And actually, if you, you end up getting your sessions and everything, your week to week fueled properly, inadvertently, you'll probably end up improving your body composition and losing weight anyway, without even focusing on that. So, you know, from that standpoint, that was really um, amazing. He also came to the realization that he sweats a lot. <laughs> Um, and, you know, this is a guy who sweats, I think he's like on average about 1.6 litres an hour that he's losing. So, you know, huge focus on him getting his hydration strategy correct. Um, another young guy, Cam Smith, he, you know, complete autopilot, super enthusiastic, logs everything, his carb tests, his sweat tests, 
Uh, you know, he's big into it. He follows everything to a T. And just the other day, he had his best result ever in in uh, in his most recent race. And yeah, again, it's just so lovely to to get some feedback from people you don't interact with um, that often, but are still benefiting from the program. So you know, there's there's a couple of just yeah, simple simple stories or simple tales from a couple of users who are enjoying enjoying the fuel and program. No, it's super, and we're we're really excited to partner up, launch with you. And uh, we since last week's show, uh, or a couple of weeks ago now, but uh, with Anne, we had a lot of our listeners reach out, very very interested, and uh, we are going to have details coming very soon. So if you if you guys that are listening want to be kept up to date, ping us an email info at purplepatchfitness.com. We will connect you with the fueling team, and uh, that's probably the easiest way as we start to roll this out and make it more accessible for, for not just Purple Patch athletes, but all people that are interested. But now, today's case study, because this is, goodness me, this is one that we could talk an hour for an hour about, but we are going to try and distill this to 20 minutes or so. It's a long-time Purple Patch athlete. He's been coached by myself for over 10 years. Imagine having to deal with me for more than a decade. And... I will say that Pat Romano is a wonderful story of optimization within a time-starved life. But equally with that, really thinking out of the box to elicit improvement. And an improvement at an older age, this guy keeps getting faster and faster and faster. The older he gets in the mid-50s now. And one of the things that we were really sort of challenged with with Pat is he is the CEO of a a large tech company, ChargePoint. Many of you guys have uh, have heard of that electric vehicle charging company. And he's getting more and more time staffed. And uh, he's in his mid-50s. And one of the things we were really worried about was performance plateau, uh, both in terms of his health, his energy, and, and of course, his racing. He's still a really ambitious guy. And so what we've got is a very busy executive really starting to mature still seeking results in sport and life, really important. And suddenly, over the last year, he's getting more and more busy. And so sort of Pat and I talked, and we said, how do we find evolution to prevent a slowdown? And what can we actually add focus on so that we can actually get faster, improve your profile of health? And so that was it. And we said, let's actually go after the nutrition thing. We're going to restrict time. We're not going to chase Ironman anymore. We're going to start to move towards 70.3 or half Ironman racing. Fits more in the scope of life. But really what we want to do is go faster. And he said, let's go after nutrition. I said, perfect. He said, shall I work with someone? I said, there is only one. And it is you, Scott. So here you were and you got dragged into the thing. So what were, to start with, what were your observations with Pat? Or what were you looking to focus on as a team? You and Pat. First observation of Pat was he was pretty intense. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty intense individual. Um, And he was definitely someone who was going to expect results. Uh, And that was good. You know, like I think you forewarned me and said, this guy is probably going to test you. And uh, yeah, he did. And that was good. He was very inquisitive. And I, I like that. He asked a lot of questions. This is a smart guy and a very successful guy. As you said, he's, I don't even know how much he's, he's worth these days. But, uh, you know, he, he was willing to 
ask questions and listen. And that probably invoked in me, I needed to ask questions back to him because I needed to understand what his knowledge gaps were and what his requirements were. And I think, you know, when you're as busy and time starved as him, what we had to do was keep things very simple. And that was probably the biggest thing. He, I think from Pat's standpoint, he had a lot of, he obviously reads a lot as I think a lot of athletes do. And he just needed things to be simplified to the point where he could action them on a day-to-day basis. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to say a couple of things there on, uh, cause I, I think you highlighted a couple of things that are interesting. Firstly, Pat, I'm going to, I'm going to support you here because Pat is a very intense guy. The one thing I love about working with Pat is he actually can laugh at himself about that. And uh, he's an engineer and he's, he's so inquisitive and I think he's the absolute archetype of a high performer in which they have an undeniable, unbreakable thirst of uh, of growth and learning, and uh, and I think that that's where it comes from. It's so valuable, and so when you guys went through this really in depth challenge, learning, education, and then investigation into him, knowing I've got to keep things simple. As you say, they I haven't got time to make him jump through Cheerios to, to to eat every day. What were some of your key focus areas that you thought you could help him with or you plan to help him with in the big scope of nutrition? And and I should point out probably beyond, yeah? Yeah. I think we, we just broke it down into some simple categories and we said, okay, like, let's look at your health. So let's look at some health markers. And obviously we, we looked at getting blood tests done. Um, so we, we focused on the health, we focused on his energy. And again, that related to his day-to-day fueling. Um, and we can talk about that in more detail. He wanted to improve his body composition. So we obviously needed to under, I needed to understand from that standpoint, what was his body composition? So we got him to get a DEXA scan. Uh, I think mm-hmm. initially he came in at around, I think he was, I want to say 18%, but he might kill me if I said that. It might be maybe 16%. But um, he had issues with cramps, so we need to investigate that and work out why he was cramping and suffering. Um, and then really look at what he was doing from a fueling standpoint in training and then and going mm-hmm. about changing that. Um, so they, they were sort of the key areas. I mean, we can go into depth on those key areas of the areas that we fat all the markers we found needed to be changed as a result of that, if you want to. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe go in and I, I think a couple of things, Let, let's go into the fueling because I think that's been a huge component for you. And then I want to dig into heat management a little bit as well. But, um, I, I guess let me ask you this, what, I guess maybe this will be a, a nice doorway into it. What was Pat doing in parentheses? What was he doing wrong? <laughs> Pat will kill me. Um, <laughs> again, I, look, I don't think anyone ever does anything too wrong. I just think sometimes it's misguided. And he, God, it, it's been quite a long time since we've been working together. I'd say it's probably 12 months now. I think initially he was uh, just underfueling. He, you know, this classic thing of everyone goes into training sessions in the morning fasted because apparently fasting is the greatest thing that, you know, since sliced bread, it's going to solve everything. It's going to get you to lose weight. It's going to improve mitochondrial function. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. It will probably make you a billionaire. Um, you know, it. I think that was probably the primary thing. He just wasn't eating when he should have been eating. And 
So that was before sessions. And then his intra-session fueling was, I think, he would probably describe it as diabolical and certainly no, mm -hmm. uh, there was no systemization about it. And you, you touched on him being an engineer and he loves to break things down and understand why he's doing it. So when I actually, we went into the science about it and, you know, the science isn't for every athlete, trust me, it gets a bit boring. Sometimes the practical elements a little bit easier just to eat carbs. Uh, you know, when you've got high intensity sessions, it's sort of that simple. Taking him from, you know, I think at the start, he might've been at around 30 grams an hour if he was lucky to, you know, now he, he can, I mean, it, it surprises me how much he can get through, but he gets through 120 grams an hour easily on the bike, easily. And he could probably go higher if he wanted to, but I'm like, Ooh, looking at the science, I don't think it actually makes any difference. Although, you know, once upon a time, 60 grams was like where you were an hour then it went to 90 grams an hour. Now it is up to 120 grams an hour where they're looking at ultra endurance athletes doing that. Maybe it's not 120 and probably to the point, it, I think it's completely individualized. Um, Pat certainly performs way better when he consumes huge amounts of carbohydrates on the bike and the run. And, you know, I'm sure we'll touch on his race results of late, uh, but it, it, it certainly is having an impact. And not just from a performance standpoint, but, you know, when he, from a recovery standpoint as well, he just breezes through these long sessions and he's like, you know, I get off the bike in a 70.3 and I feel like I could run forever. Um, so it's, you know, that, that has certainly changed for him and his appreciation, his appreciation for carbohydrates, I think, and just how good they can make you feel. And this is him. I'm talking about Pat, like, you know, he is his own person. It worked for him, but I'm also going to say it works for a hell of a lot of athletes. When you get your carbohydrate fueling right, it makes a difference. And I don't think there's any denying that. And I'm happy to have that argument with anyone over the internet about that. You know, absolutely endorsing. In fact, I, I distinctly remember my big pushback around this. Uh, as you were driving Pat towards 90 and 100. And I, was, and I really remember six or seven months ago saying, this is crazy. Like, this is, he's not going to be able to absorb this. And uh, I'll be the first to put my hands up. I was absolutely wrong. You, he, he went with it. You were guiding it. I argued my, from my side saying, I don't think that that's the path, even though I'd, I'd seen the research to show 90, 100, 110 grams. I felt like uh, the intensity and the challenge and the bike position would be too much. And and again, this isn't a call, I don't think from yourself and certainly not from me, that everyone should go out and just start pumping 100 and 120 grams per hour into their body. They should not. This was a progressive development, but it was a, a undeniable, a, a absolute objective increase in performance, in daily energy and in recovery. And, and if you have that, you know, if there is a special source, if you can say, I will objectively increase performance, how you recover from it from a training consistency, obviously combined with performance, and then in the day having really good stable energy. Crikey, that's that's pretty good right there. And and I think that was the the, the number one. The, the other thing I would say with, with Pat that I found really interesting is he had always really, really suffered in hot races with a lot of, with a lot of cramping. He was... Uh, a heavy sweater, but we, we always had this inclination that he was 
pretty salty and he actually dove in and got the precision hydration sweat test that gave us a lot of information around that. He, he was indeed a very salty sweater. So do, do you want to talk to him about, I'd love your, your story on Pat with both the intervention on the hydration side, but also you took control of his, of his uh, heat adaptation before racing as well. And you went through the hot water immersion stuff with him as well. Yeah. And just, it just made me remember something as well. And we can come back to it about the fueling and just let's remember, just we'll come back on it because it was, let's talk about fluids versus uh, gels blocks because that was a massive yep. shift in Pat as well. Um, heat management. Yep. Super salty guy. I think he is around, I want to say 1700 milligrams uh, mm -hmm. per litre yep. of sodium um, based on the testing. I, I won't always fully replace that 1700 milligrams per litre. So we'll aim for there or thereabouts, you know, but I don't think you have to take in the full amount given that food is going to contain uh, sodium and things like that on a day-to-day -day basis, but also things like gels, blocks, bars, if you are consuming those, you need to take that in consideration. So you certainly don't need to take in the full 1700 milligrams of sodium per hour in liquid form. Um, but for Pat, as you said, he didn't understand why he was cramping. And in, I think there was a lot of guesses and being an engineer, I think he liked the approach is we said, right, let's start working out what your sweat rate was. And that's, you know, super simple. We manage it in the, in the app and the program really simply. It's, you know, you weigh yourself before a session, you weigh yourself after you document what fluids you took in, if you take in any and, that's it. It works out the delta. It works out what you lost and what the percentage of body weight lost. And we give targets for the individual athlete, what they're meant to stay within. You know, you can read data about 2% will affect performance. I think you can go a little bit above 2% body weight loss and still perform fairly highly. I think when you're getting up into 2.5, 3% and certainly above 3% body weight loss on the bike, especially going into a run, you're probably then going to have some issues because ultimately your sweat rate and again like for pat we we looked at what his sweat rate was on the bike we looked at what his sweat rate on the bike was less than 85 fahrenheit over 85 fahrenheit so he started to work out okay if it's really hot and humid i sweat more okay now i need to take in more then he goes into the run leg what is what does his sweat rate look like on the run? And I can say that 95% of athletes will have a higher sweat rate on the run than they will with the bike. What did it look like at over 85? What did it look like under 85? Oh, okay. Now he can be specific with his hydration strategy, working out the amount of fluids he's meant to take in. We then get the precision test thrown on top of that. Oh, okay. Now we know how much fluid you need and also how much electrolytes you need oh, wow, you're not cramping anymore. But it's not magic. It's just systems. And it's just repeated testing. I can't tell you how many sweat tests Pat logged. He still logs them because he's still interested in it. And it's always good to see that he's actually keeping his sweat rate at about his body weight loss at about 1.5 to you know 1.8%. But he does that consistently now. And when you see that consistent data coming through, I know that he's doing the right thing. And from your perspective, if he's only losing that amount of body weight through sweat, you know, the numbers on the bike are going to stay fairly consistent. His wattage is going to be 
you know, consistent. He's going to feel pretty good. And he gets off the bike and he can run like a machine. He runs like a 21-year-old instead of, I don't know, how old is Pat now? 60-odd. <laughs> No, oh god! Now he's now it's really going to kill you. Yeah, now he's going to kill you. He's not sixty, Scott. Come on, he's fifty-five or fifty-six. I just added, I just added ten years to him. He looks like he's forty-five. His wife wife thinks he looks twenty-one now. So yeah, Yeah, there you go. Well, I tell you something. His his running is is not better than ten years ago. His running is better than it ever has been in his life. His running off the bike is better than it's ever been in his life, and. um, uh, both in training and in racing, I should point out. But uh, I, I think you're you're absolutely right. And a point that you make there is a, a more global training point that I want to make, or, or or race performance point. I think you you hit the nail on the head. What you're doing on the bike in terms of hydration and fueling, I should point out, mm. is is has such a massive impact on your run performance. And the place where most people fall down, struggle, a hit with massive fatigue, underperform relative to their trained potential is, of course, the run. And when athletes have poor run performances, either because of cramping or systemic fatigue, whatever it might be, they think, I've got to run more. It's my run training. But so often it's actually their swimmer bike training, but but also what they have done in terms of hydration. Because if you from a hydration standpoint, what you are hydrating on the bike isn't just to get you through the bike with your best performance, it's to set you up for the run, particularly the longer distance that you go. And I think that's such an important component. Uh, before we go to the the results and the outcome, which of course are sort of already coming through in spades, but you, you mentioned you wanted to go back to the fueling because I, I think oh, this yeah. was important for Pat particularly. Fluids, a very common question we get, by the way, fluids versus real foods, gels, blocks, etc. Do you want to just dig back into that quickly? Yeah, and, and Pat's not alone here. And as you said, I think it's one of the most common things that we see is, uh, look, I, I'm, I'm a believer that when you put a hypertonic solution, i.e. a carbohydrate containing liquid into your gut, you're going to end up with gut issues. Now, if you're just a cyclist, I think there is room for a carbohydrate solution because ultimately you don't have the bouncing around when you go to running. So you're in a very stable position. So if you're just on the bike, you're going to cope with a carbohydrate liquid. It can sit in your stomach, but you're probably going to be all right. It's when you're a triathlete and you have to go from that bike to the run off the bike, if you've got a heap of liquid sitting in your gut, it's going to bounce around. It's going to cause GI distress. And so the big shift with that was taking him from a carbohydrate solution to actually getting him to consume carbohydrates in the form, on, if we're talking about on the bike, in the form of gels and blocks uh, primarily. For longer distances, he will mix in a bar roughly on the 60-minute mark, and that's purely from a caloric standpoint just to try and get him up, mm-hmm. you know, over the 450, sort of 450, 500 calories an hour. But as soon as we transition – well, not as soon. It obviously took time to get him to get to the rate of carbohydrate consumption rates that we wanted. But it, once he got used to consuming blocks and gels on the bike – and follow and following that with water and prior to consuming 
those blocks or those carbohydrate sources with an electrolyte source to make sure that he was managing his hydration, by having those timings, everything changed completely. And that was that was a real game changer for Pat. And I think in his mind as well, he, he suddenly saw that. He was like, wow, it, it's just this massive shift. I'm eating more carbs or I'm consuming more carbohydrates, but the form in which he was taking them in was having a huge effect on that run off the bike where he didn't feel full, he didn't feel bloated, and he could run indefinitely as a result of that. And, you know, it's not, I, I will say, it's not just Pat that experiences this when we do shift from a, a carbohydrate fluid um, to a different carbohydrate source. And, and usually it is gels and blocks because the rate of carbohydrate oxidation has been shown to be uh, there or thereabouts, you know, the same um, yeah. and, and just as good. So I think it's a really important point. Now we're talking 70.3 distance here as well. I think there could be an argument for using carbohydrate solutions in an Ironman at the front of the bike at the start, like maybe the first two hours of the bike, just from a pure convenience standpoint, um, and then transitioning into blocks and gels because I know the practical side of things, carrying that much can be a problem for people and consuming that much. So there is, you know, it's not always black and white, is it? It's not binary, that's for sure. So uh, <laughs> that's good. So when, when we come to results, I mean, you said it already, and I know that his wife is very happy with you, but uh, going down 15, 16, 17% down to 10% or so in his body fat, and he, he is, he, he just looks incredibly healthy. But uh, on top of he's, that, he's got a better I, six pack. He's got a better six pack than me. <laughs> Well, that's 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 not hard. Australian men always struggle with that side of stuff. It's the beer that's the problem, Scott. Um, and uh, don't worry, the English are used to their, you know, we're we're burdened with pasty white skin and bad teeth. So, um, and and I think energy. We we've talked a lot about his performance, which which is really good because that's that's central. But his energy in the day, he's he's boundless, and he's always an energetic guy. But he's really reported that, and I remember. Joe Terry, another purple patch athlete, long time, another one of our CEO athletes, you know, said to him, uh, I want what he's on. And I said, he ain't on anything apart from smart training and a great work with a nutritionist. And uh, and so, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's definitely got the energy. And then I, I think that the heat acclimation side, uh, no more cranking, but for me, operating in heat, mostly the result of what we we've talked about with your work with him but the most objective thing Oregon 70.3 he, he he really targeted this and actually it's a bit unlike Pat in some ways he said I want to go after Oregon 70.3 and uh objectively across all three disciplines now down current swim so we'll knock out the swim but objectively bike and run podium performance for him and uh his best result in more than 16 years you think about that for someone that has been consistent and has been training without a break, looking for performance to have a mid fifties, your best result in 16 years. I, it ain't the new coach, Scotty. So congratulations to, uh, to yourself and Pat on that. I'll, I'll congratulate Pat. I think, you know, I just gave him the stuff to do it and he executed it. So 
I think kudos to Pat and, you know, for someone who started in, you know, when he was 40 to where he is now and running the best, yeah, having his fastest race, which it's not even, yeah, like it's crazy to think. So anyway, it's, it's pretty cool. And his wife describes me as a pain in the ass, but uh, she's pleased with that pain in the ass, I think, because now he, as you said, he's got a 10% body composition. So she's happy well. with that. That's a very accurate description. Um, okay, so, so let's let's finish it with the last quick bullets, your last summary. Athletes, um, key lessons. Uh, if people can draw from this as they go away, what are the quick takeaways for everyone to think about? To, two or three things to for them to put in the listeners to put in their mind when they think about the story of the maturing athlete and uh, and Pat's case study. Yep, fueling. Again, think about your your pre pre fueling, intra session fueling, and post session fueling. I think it it's not always about less is better. Okay, you can still hit significant improvement and results by actually taking in more food and and just doing it appropriately. So that would be number number one. I think from a heat standpoint, if you struggle with heat, then learn and understand why that is. Look at your sweat rate. If you, if you do have access to get your sodium, uh, your sweat sodium concentration tested, get it tested. It's super easy. It's a passive test. You just sit there and they do mm-hmm. it. Um, do that and then repeat, repeat, repeat. You know, repeat sweat, sweat tests on the bike, on the run, different temperatures. Everyone does their little swift sessions indoors where it's beautifully fanned and it's all very nice. And then they go and race in 90 you know, 90 Fahrenheit and they wonder why they blow up. So, and we didn't really touch on it this, but, you know, heat acclimation is very important. Training in terrible temperatures is going to make you a better athlete and get you to understand what it's going to be required. Um, yep. That, look, we'll just keep it at two. I mean, you could touch on, you know, obviously the macro breakdown for Pat, we changed significantly, protein went up. And from a health tracking perspective, again, we did blood tests. You know, there was there was a potential scare in there as well. Like his his iron levels were really really low. His B twelve was low. He's over fifty. We're thinking, is there a problem with his gut? You know, with his stomach. So we looked at that. We got him to liaise with you know the medical experts. He was cleared. You know, colonoscopy, endoscopy. Make sure there's nothing going on. Yeah, but it could have been the absorption of iron, the absorption of B twelve could have been because of some serious illness that hadn't been picked up. And unless we did the blood test and then looked at further testing, that could have been a disaster. You know, we could have had this high-performing athlete, you know, worst case scenario, die of something that he should never have died of because we didn't pick it up and we weren't preventive in that sense. So I think that's, and then, you know, what it turns out is his iron levels and B12 levels are low because of his dietary preference, being a vegetarian vegetarians, vegan, it's all the rage these days, Um, you know, and I'm not going to stop anyone from having their dietary preference, but you've got to recognize what that dietary preference could impact from a health perspective. And if you're trying to perform at your absolute best, yet your iron level sucks and your B12 levels are are inadequate, uh, on top of that with some vitamin D deficiency, you're not going to be a high-performing person, let alone a high-performing athlete. And so you just got to look at that, like, again, be objective about it. And from a fueling standpoint, like from our whole business and the program, it's about being objective. 
establish baselines, work out where you're going wrong and where you want to get to, and then be systematic about it and in changing that. And it, you know, there's no magic bullet. You just got to do it. Like it's test, retest. It's, you know, build and learn. It's do it again. It's the, you guys are in the tech area, you know, in the Bay area in San Fran. It's like, that's the whole, you know, lean startup, isn't it? It's build, measure, learn. And that's, that's all it is. It's the same thing in triathlon, build, measure, learn. Oh, you, you miss one, actually. It's build, measure, learn, and make sure you wear puffy jackets with a crest on it. So uh, <laughs> that's the other thing that they like to do here. So, uh, but, but less sure. loafers, more, more sneakers. Anyway, Scotty, thanks so much. We are two down. A couple of weeks' time, we're going to shift our focus to our third and final case study, and we're going to talk about the more elite side of age group performance and uh, a big evolution for an athlete that was a good age grouper that has evolved to a great age grouper qualifying to the Hawaii Ironman as well as the 70.3 World Championships. And so we will be discussing that athlete for the podium chasers. Scott, thanks so much. I appreciate it. A lot of fun as usual, and we managed to be relatively succinct. So I'll see you next time. Awesome. Thanks, Maddie. Hey, guys, you've heard me mention Inside Tracker. You know it by now. I get it. But I do want to point out, it's worth noting that every single one of Scott Tyndall's nutrition clients leverage the power of Inside Tracker. Every single one. It is a part of their nutrition programming. And the reason for this, it is, is so darn insightful for performance-minded folk. If you want to get specifics on where to place your focus, how to refine your eating, and even your training habits, perhaps where you should emphasize some stress reduction, there is no better way because you get to kind of look inside. And so, as I mentioned, if you do want to get some insight, you should take opportunity right now. And for a limited time, Purple Patch listeners can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. All you need to do, visit insidetracker.com slash purple patch podcasts, and there is a code. Fill out the form. The code is Purple Patch Pro 25. That's Purple Patch Pro 25, and you can get started. All right. Now, Barry, send me back to the show. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. We have one more to go. It's all about the ambitious and high performing amateur athlete that is coming your way in a couple of weeks, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But we also are going to tackle strength and conditioning over the coming weeks. We're going to revisit sleep. Yes, we're going to have Dr. Chris Winter come on, author of The Sleep Solution. That one should be a cracker. But until next week, please take care. Get on squad and join me on the strength journey. And most importantly, look after each other. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. And if you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if we share with your friends and really go the extra mile. Head over to Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform to follow, rate, and review the show. Your support and reviews go a long way to increasing our visibility and, of course, the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive, just like me and you. Don't forget... You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
Links to the episode resources and all of our programs can be found at purplepatchfitness.com. Thanks much for listening. Take care.